without you. Without you. Um, one year ago, we were anticipating our launch day. Our launch day hadn't happened yet. There's like the week of our launch day. How many of you were a volunteer, not necessarily served on launch day, but you were signed up, you were on a volunteer team one year ago? Yeah, yeah. That's how we made it this past year, right? You serving, greeting people, smiling at people, making them feel welcome. Uh, You are the heart and soul of what we're doing here. So the whole point, whether your story made sense or not, is this. What a guest doesn't think about is that their experience, every single step in their experience, is actually putting and threading together one whole entire story. And every single one of you are contributing a single little piece to it. But the question is, it's either going to make sense or it's not. It's either going to feel good or it's not. A guest doesn't go home and talk about the logistics of that church were unbelievable. The form of that parking person, (laughs) the way that they usher is, oh, the way, unbelievable, unbelievable. What they do, what they do, do (laughs) cupcakes on the brain. (laughs) What they do say is that place made me feel blank, right? So speaking of feelings, um, you have to excuse the terrible slide. We have moved, and we had to photocopy and put the slide together because. I have a deck of cards, and it just we just had to make do. Um, but here's what I want you to do quickly. How might a guest feel based on the image starting on the top left and moving to the right, and then the same thing left on the bottom and moving to the right? How might a guest feel based on the image that you see? So top left. Yep, top left, moving to the right. Uh, so top left, peaceful. Okay. Any anybody else? Alone? Small? What'd you say? Linear? Are you an engineer? Are you a processor? Maybe maybe they've left something in the past. Maybe backwards. Okay. How about in the top right? Hmm. Broken. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. How about bottom left? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stuck? Stuck? Uh, how about the bottom right? Yeah. Free. Celebratory. Right? How about... Whoa. I'm getting a little excited. All right, now. That computer's hidden. All right, start top, top left. Okay, excited, supported, good. How about in the middle? Confused, supported, trying to build something. Okay, how about top right? Happy, happy. What else? Refreshed, yeah. How about the bottom left? Depressed, alone. Okay. 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 <laughs> I love the bottom right one. <laughs> Excitement. Yeah. Which risk taker? So, if you were to think through. All of these feelings, and you were to put them all together, guests feel some, if not all of those, when they drive up on your property. The question is, when they first encounter you, you're either going to magnify that for them, 
or you're going to help that subside. And it all comes down to you, which is a really, really powerful place to be. You know? I can't tell you how many times I've... Uh, well, uh, let me give you this example. I went to a, a church, so I visit churches, and um, I was a guest at a church. And so I, it was just me. I, I didn't have, my, my wife wasn't with me. I didn't have my kids with me. And so I pulled in, and I just went the direction that they told me to go. So I was just following rules, which sometimes I, I can sometimes go rogue, but I was following rules. So they go park over here. So I go park over there. I go park over there, and... I'm like, uh, where are the doors? Oh, there's some doors. Okay, so I go in the doors and this guy, I had no sooner stepped in the door that this guy steps up. I mean, stepped up like in front of me like a bouncer. Big old guy. He goes, may I help you? I'm like, bro, just trying to go to church. <laughs> I felt like my first phrase should have been, bro, I'm not trying to cause any trouble here. <laughs> I'm just trying to go to church. And he's like, do you have any kids? And I'm a little sarcastic if you, knew, if you know me. I'm like, nope, just me. Just me. Uh, he goes, uh, well, this, this, uh, this uh, area is for kids. I said, well, sir, um, I just came here because this is where they told me to go. He goes, well, they told you to go to the wrong place. If I told you the name of this church, you would know it. So I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe they're just having a bad day. We have bad days. All of our churches have bad days. So I'm like, surely we're going to have a redemptive moment momentarily. So I'm like, cool. Like, where do I go? He's like, well, if you go back out the door you just came in, and if you go, like, back down that parking lot, I'm like, you know, like, back outside. Mm-hmm. Yep, and if you go down there and you, and, you go, and you can go back in those doors, you'll be good. I mean, I can literally, I'm already in the building, I can literally see where he's telling me to go inside the building, but I got to like go back out and back around it. And I was like, sir, I can, I mean, I can just go right there. He's like, do you have children? <laughs> I'm like, so I'm like, all right. Well, I thought, it would be great. You know, he could, like, walk me there. We tell our teams all the time, never point, always walk away and walk with. So I'm thinking this would be a great win. He's like, nope, you can go that way. Well, I don't know where that way is. Just, you know, I mean, I could figure it out. So, you know, I left and I walked, you know, and I'm thinking, well, to get, I'm thinking also I got to come back. So now I got to, like, well, I got to leave outside the church again and walk back through to come back to the area where the parents with kids park. I don't have any kids. And I got to leave, you know. And so it's just one of those moments. It was all feeling, right? And so it started the very beginning of how I was parked. And it just was moment. So when I sat down, I was not thinking about anything that was happening on that stage. I was thinking about the parking person said to go the wrong way, which led to the bouncer guy. Which led to our interaction, which was interesting. Which let you, know, you get the point. You see how it just kind of all... So when people leave, they leave and they say, you're not going to bleed how... You know, it made me feel blank. So what I love to, not, to do tonight is just talk a little bit about how do we help people talk about positive feelings when they come to our churches. Now, some of you say, are we going to talk about Jesus tonight? The answer is probably not. But what I am going to talk about is this. If we don't give them a great feeling, then they're not going to come back to hear about Jesus anyways. Does that make any sense? So what I want to do is try to create the best possible experience to get them not only to come back, but to come back again and then to come back and bring somebody with them. Because if you were to look at uh, companies that do surveys... A lot of them will use like net promoter scores, and a lot of the questions are, hey, um, your experience, would you come back? And your experience, would, would you come back and bring somebody with you? And so when we look at the church, it's, would you come back? Would you come back and bring somebody with you? And if they say, yeah, I'd come back, yeah, I'd bring somebody with me, you know, we're winning. So how do we do that? Well, let's talk through some of this. This thing may, is it out of reach? 
Okay. All right. So I'm going to cruise through these kind of quickly. And, um, you know, and if you have a question or complaint or argument or whatever, feel free to just, uh, just say something. Um, so the first thing is this. Remember, it's a culture, not a department. So in other words, the DNA determines how far you go. Here's the thing. Guest services, creating a first impression, a lasting impression, it's everybody's responsibility. So in other words, it's not like the parking area or ushers or greeters. or It's, it's, it's like, what's what we all do? A friend of mine... His name's Jonathan, and Jonathan grew up as a missionary kid. And he told me the story. He says, Jason, um, when we were in Guatemala, he said we would go from a small town, a small town, a small town. It's five kids. And um, we would enter homes, dirt floors. And he said we would sit in these homes, and immediately when we walk in the door, the father would always give one of the children um, some money, and the child would run out of the home and run up the street, would race back home and would always bring them back these glass Cokes and would offer glass Cokes to Jonathan and his family. He's like, Jace, man, we would go to the next home. Same thing, home after home after home. And at first we said, uh, no, no thank you. But after a while we realized we were offending them. It was like a cultural thing. It wasn't something they felt burdened to do. It was something that it was just who, it was just who they were. So we began to just accept that is who they were. It wasn't necessarily something that they felt pressured to do. It was DNA. It was cultural, if you will. And I thought about the church. And what if, what if it was just so natural that creating a remarkable experience wasn't something that we had to like figure out? It was just something that we, we were. After all, I mean, when you look, Throughout the Bible, you, it talks about like hospitality. I mean, this isn't something like corporations that write books on customer service like came up with, and the church goes, "We have got, we got to do that. We got to be like Disney. That's a good idea. That Mickey Mouse comes up with the greatest ideas ever. Let, well, let's get that. I mean, the Bible talks about hospitality, and what if what if we what if we tapped into that and we began to serve and were driven and it was just it was just it was just in this church's dna and people just said there's some different it's just the way they serve and the way they care and i I can't i don't even know how to say it i just feel it again there's there's the feeling word i made a, a few notes it's pervasive People feel it. It's, it's widespread. I went into a, um, I don't know if it was like a restaurant or as a bookstore. I think my family, we were out. I think it was Barnes & Noble, actually. When we went in, this young man couldn't have been more than 18 years old, um, uh, held the door. And I don't know if it was my daughter, Bella, who's in seventh grade, or maybe myself. We were like, thank you. And he's like, my pleasure. I was like, do you work at Chick-fil-A? And he's like, uh, I sure do. I, he goes, how do you know? I'm like, dude, you said my pleasure. He goes, I just, it's just in me. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter where you go. It's just in you. You don't like turn it on and turn it off. When you come, what time are your services? Right? This, is, this makes me crazy. Some of our people do it at church and it makes me crazy. Sometimes I want to hurt them. Don't tell anybody that. But this is what happens. I know nobody here does this. But if you are serving at 9.30 and your shift is over and it's like you kind of clock out and you're like moving on to the next thing, maybe you're moving on from here and you're, you know, maybe you're going to service or you're leaving or you're going, whatever you're doing, but you're technically done and you see a need and you're like, oh, that, the next service team, they got that. You're not done. Like, if it's cultural, you're never done. It's just in you, and you just always do it, right? So you're always, if it's DNA, you're always doing it. Here's a, um, well, let me mention a couple other things. Uh, It's an identity. 
It's not necessarily something that we do. It's just something that we are. It's valued from the top down. And I don't necessarily mean from Ken down. That's part of it. But it's also from like team leaders down. If you're somebody and you're leading a person or two, like you lead that by example. You know, even if you lead one person, right? You lead by example. Let's go. Here's the second thing. Um, we, we won't hang out here too long because this gets a little technical, but I just want to mention it. Know, knowing the guest matters, understanding the who is critical. So um, about two, uh, 18 months ago, I did a research project with Barna uh, Group. And I, I, don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but um, it was interesting. We did it with six churches around the country, and then we wanted to see 18 to 35-year-olds, what they wanted in a... It started out what... Does an 18 to 35-year-old want in a church building? But then it evolved into what does an 18 to 35-year-old want in a church experience? So they found six churches across the country, and then they surveyed 600 18 to 35-year-olds around the country. And it was so fascinating because understanding the person walking in your door helps you to construct the type of experience that matters. So for instance, here's two words. There's the demographic, right? So those are the common themes you can go on Google and you can figure out age, race, and things that you can find out. But then there's psychographics. So these are the things, and again, this is a little technical, but these are the the opinions and the emotions and the moments of truth for people. These are things that are kind of a, a little bit layered. These are the things that drive people, like why they buy what they do, where they shop, the magazines that they read, the cars that they drive, things these little things that matter, and you're like, this, dude, this is like a church. Does that stuff, like, this stuff doesn't matter. We just, like, preach Jesus. This should be sufficient. You would be amazed at how it does influence how people decide where they go to church. It does matter. So in this research project, let me give you the four top things that we discovered um, at one of our locations. One... They wanted to be in control of the emotional and social distance of their experience. In other words, allow me to choose anonymity until I let you know when I'm ready. So what we discovered from male and female, women will come into our lobby and they will hang on the peripheral longer than a man will. So we now staff the peripheral of our lobby with more women than we do men, because we've discovered that's where women tend to hang out a little bit more. So the research informed how we staff our areas. Um, they have a significant distrust of the church. So we try to staff our people with people that look <laughs> like they can be more trustworthy. So we try to mix up ages based on the demographics that walk in certain doors, and we mix it up a little bit. We know at certain services, there's a higher population of X. So we're going to put a person who's more grandfatherly and a single mom at a particular door because we know we're going to hit a certain population at that door. And what happens at that door is unbelievable. Um. The third thing we discovered is they have a desire to be in control. So we thought, well, what does that mean? You know, what do they want to be in control of? So they want to be in control of, like, steps. So they want to, be, they want to know what the steps are. They just want to be in control of the steps. So we were pushing hard with steps because we were like, man, surely you want to take steps. But what, what, we were pushing the wrong thing. We just need to let you know what the steps are. We need to be cool about it. <laughs> Here are the steps. And you'll take the steps. We just have to relax. When you're ready, you'll take the steps. We just need to create a little bit more of a cool chill factor about it. And <laughs> this was huge. They expect people to be hyper-responsive. One of the top things they discovered was that Many churches do not respond in a timely fashion to phone calls or emails. And they figure that they should actually be better than 
corporate people. So it was just interesting. So as we began to discover these things, and of course the report is 130 pages. I just gave it to you in four phrases. Um, we were able to put it together and begin to construct these different things that helped us uh, craft a better experience. And so some of those things I began to ask my team was, okay, well, let's ask this. What's right, what's wrong, what's missing, and what's confusing based on what we know about people? How do we transpose those things into our space and go, all right, what's right, what's wrong, what's missing, what's confusing? And again, when we eval on Sunday, what's right, what's wrong, what's missing, what's confusing? When team leaders do their meetings, what's right, what's wrong, what's missing, and confusing? You know, it's just constantly asking these things, again, based on what we know about our people. All right, three. I'm going to cruise quick. Be fully present. Have you ever talked to somebody and you start having a conversation with somebody and this is typically what happens? Yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden they just, they drift. They go somewhere else and then they come back and then they drift. Maybe you're married to somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? They're in a conversation with you and somehow they just, they go somewhere, but then they come back. I don't know. Maybe they don't come back. I don't know. Some, my, my wife is a wonderful woman. She's a, a professional counselor. God bless her. She's a phenomenal listener. Um, I'm a f- phenomenal talker. And so uh, one time in particular, she, um, I'll give you the short version. She, we were at a restaurant. We were dating. She's like, put your hands on the table. I'm like, woo, what's up? So she starts rubbing my hand. She's like, you have beautiful hands. Are you pregnant? What do you want? You know, what's up? And she's like, nope, just one, just one, tell you. So she starts like talking all this stuff, you know, and I'm like, when she talks, it's like, okay, listen, because she doesn't like say a lot of things. So I'm like, oh, I'm listening. And I really meant to listen. But then things happened. And like this high school couple came in and they were sat down and like they started arguing, you know, and I'm like trying to like, what do you argue about in high school? Like, right, you didn't want me to calculus, you know, and she's over there like doing all this and her head's like it's on rollers, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how that works, but I mean, and she's just going off and he's like, has not a clue what's happening. And so I start out like really listening to her, but then I get kind of distracted over here and, you know, I'm back at her and then all of a sudden this, I just couldn't help it, but this, this lady came in and her hair was just... It was really, really, really blue. And so I'm a why personality. Like, and so I just, I need to know, like, why? So the first thing I was like, why? I'm sure there was a great reason. Maybe it was like a dare from a grandchild. Maybe it was, I, I don't know, okay? I don't know. Give her a benefit of the doubt, I don't know. Maybe she got crazy and I don't know. But it was distracting, right? And so, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, blue-haired lady. So I'll come back to Stacy, and I'm like, high school couple. So now it's like you're in a tennis match, right? You know, you're just back and forth, going back and forth. And so I'm like, oh, I've got to listen, you know. So Stacy goes, hey, Jace. She calls me Jace. Jace, what have I been saying? And I'm like, well, I have a big decision to make. I could tell her I just, I just really stepped out. Or I can make up something. Right, and hope it's right. So I work really hard on integrity, and so I decided I would make up something. <laughs> this is the God honest truth. And so I just made up something because I didn't have the audacity to tell her. I just stepped out for a little bit. And um, so I just said some stuff. And she was like, yes. Yes, that's, yes, that's what I said. And I'm like... I should get paid for this. <laughs> you know, but I didn't want to like, like shock and awe be on my face. I'm like, see? See, I was, I was listening. The whole time inside, I'm like, I am awesome. <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden she goes, but that was like about 10 minutes ago. And I was like, dog. Oh. So now I got to go back to the other option. You know, and I'm like, all right, let me shoot straight with you. She goes, yes, please do. I'm like, all right, look, over there, they're still fighting, okay? I don't even know what they're fighting about. They're probably fighting, like, about, like, chicken fingers. She thinks he's a kid because he still eats chicken fingers. I don't know. 
but they're fighting about something. I mean, look at them. She's like, who cares? I'm like, this is hilarious. And, I mean, Blue, what's up? And she's like, who cares? She goes, you know what? I wish you would have stayed fully present. I wish you would have given me more attention than the distractions. Because if you'd have stayed fully present, it would have meant more. And sometimes all a guest wants is for you to remain fully there. Here's what happens when volunteers, more than anything, here's what happens when volunteers serve together. I'm not saying anybody here does it, okay? But I'm gonna say, this is what happens in our churches. Pretend this is a volunteer, and we're serving together. What's your name? Kristen. Kristen. Pretend you're, pretend you're a guest. And Ken, let's say Ken and I are serving together. Hey, Ken, we're talking about oh, football's X number of days away. I know, Ken. Kristen walks up, and you know you get like within three feet of us. And oh, ha- oh, hey! But what happened? What, feeling going back to feeling. You probably felt like you were interrupting our little dude talk about football that could have waited. But if we would have been outwardly faced, looking and anticipating guests, fully present, it would have been a different thing. It doesn't mean we don't like interact, we just time it differently, right? So when we're on stage, to borrow a Disney phrase, when we're on stage, that means when I'm in my role, I have to be very cognizant of being what fully present means. That means I anticipate needs so can I, like, talk to Ken? For sure. Like, if you're three miles away, I don't have to... Don't talk to Ken. She's three miles away. <laughs> and wait on you. I mean, okay, that's... And then you're weird. Not you, but me. I'm weird. You know? So, I mean... But... And if somebody's... T- if I'm talking to you, Christian, as a guest, like, be fully there. Right? Listen. Right? Be conversationally generous. Listen... I want to listen to you. I want to get you helpful next steps. I want to answer the questions that you're actually asking. I want to listen to the question behind your question. I stayed, somebody gave me a gift card to the Ritz-Carlton one time. Never stayed there before. Haven't stayed there since. Um, so I took, they gave me a gift card for my whole family to stay there. You would have thought my kids were like, can we, can we come back here? I said, you better pray that somebody gives us a gift card. So we, we, we stayed and uh, I Wanted to take them over to Legoland, little store. Is that what it's called, Legoland? Whatever. I don't even know what it's called. So, anyways, want to go over there, but trying to time it, we had to check out. So I called down front. I said, hey, "What time is checkout?" And the person on the other phone, the other line, n- never been asked this before in my life. She goes, "What time would you like to check out, sir?" I was like, <laughs> "Seriously, what time is checkout?" Because you know when I stay at like. The Holiday Inn, they're like, it's at 11. Do you do late checkout? No. Oh, sorry. You know? And I I didn't even know what to say when they were like, what time would you like to check out, sir? I'm like, uh. (laughs) I I, I did not know what to say. I, I said, well, I'm just, I'm like trying to take my kids to Legoland and like, I mean, I think it's probably like 1.30, maybe, I guess. She's like, great. How about 2? 2. 2.30, is that work? I'm like, great? I, I, I thought it was like a joke. I thought I was being punked, you know? But see, she was listening to the question I was asking behind the question. I really wasn't asking about checkout. I was trying to ask, would I have enough time to go do something with my family in order to check? And so it's like she was fully engaged and fully present in the conversation and really, really listening. So anyways, wherever you are, in other words, just be all there. All right, quickly, i got to hurry up. It's ridiculous. I, see, I talk too much. Um, watch your body language. Um, we, could, we could talk about this all day. So just Watch. Here's an example of body language. If you're talking to somebody, one key indicator of where you are, if you're fully present, just watch where your feet are. If your feet, if I'm talking to you, Kristen, um, and my feet aren't pointed towards you, I'm probably not engaged with you. So wherever your feet are is actually where you 
already are. Typically, if you'll watch when you're talking to somebody, wherever your feet point is where you're already going. And typically, it's towards the closest exit. Just watch. Watch, what, watch when you become disinterested in somebody. You know, you ever, you ever done this? And then you kind of get bored? And you kind of lean? Like, watch the foot that gets pointed out. Just watch where it happens to go. And if it happens to point towards a door. It typically does. Because it's like you're subconsciously done with the conversation. And you're ready to go. So watch, just watch like your body language, you know. I mean, don't get weird about it because some people go, so you're saying if I do this, that means I'm disinterested? Not necessarily. Maybe that's comfortable. Maybe you're cold, you know. So, I mean, don't, don't get weird about it. Um, intermittently repeat back to people so they know you're engaged. Um, gosh, so much I could say about that. Yeah, don't be weird. Do not be weird. Here are a couple of things in being fully present. Here's the benefit to the guest. And I jotted a couple notes down. This is what it says to them. I recognize you. I'm listening to you. I want to validate you. I appreciate you. And I am giving you my undivided attention. You know what my wife told me recently? She says, Jace, you know what's sad about my job? I said, what? She goes, I'll always have it. I said, she goes, yeah, I'll always have it. I said, why? She goes, people will always pay me to listen to them because people out there won't listen to them. And I thought, you know, what if, what if, what if what we get to do in guest services and in church, like what we get, what if interacting with us, even if it's for 30 seconds, they felt so unhurried that it gave them such a moment of pause in their life that it was refreshing because we were so fully present. So, you get the point. Okay, we'll keep cruising. It's malfunctioning. Those are the, our family values, by the way. If you're curious, like, what are those? I have a friend, he's a cartoon guy, so he draws all these things. Hey, and we're back. Um, okay, number four. Think scene by scene. Um, quickly, this one works like this. When you think about creating an experience let me give it to like this here's here's how a guest thinks about it when they pull on your campus they don't outline it like this but this is how they think about it they just don't know it they're thinking about where do i park what's the right first door to enter they're thinking about like hallways right in other words that includes like children areas if i have a teenager they're thinking about lobby space if i could get back to the lobby space maybe there's people there that can answer questions i know lobby space gets me into an auditorium and then auditorium would be the fifth space and then they think about it backwards Right? They're, again, not outlining it like that, but that's, that's how they, I guess, typically... The, again, this is, would be psychographical stuff. So this is how they think and feel. So if you can think of it in scenes, you can break it down. So, okay, um, where it typically f- fails are the transitions between the scenes. So from the parking to the first door. Well, there's a lot that can happen right there. I've been to some churches, and if I said them, they, these are mega, mega, mega churches. And what happens between in the parking lot and the front door is so much, it is so overwhelming, it's like, they got to calm down, it's so overwhelming, right? So it's, what can happen in these moments? Okay, well, well we just want to make people feel good. <laughs> well, that's great, but you got to like, take it like a slice at a time. In the parking lot, we're like, what do we want to do? Well, what are people trying to accomplish? Well, they're trying to park a car, mm-hmm, not not true, actually. Th- again, feeling. They feel nervous, right? So let's, the car is secondary to the person. So let's think about the person, and then let's think about the car. I tell our teams all the time, you're not parking cars, right? Look through the windshield and see a person. Let that person know that you saw them. Oh, and by the way, come on, take care of your car right here. Gotcha. And then when they get out of the car, when they get out of the car, talk to them, acknowledge them. You know, if, they f- if you see that they felt nervous, acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Empathize with them. When I came here for the first couple times, I don't know if you felt like this. It is overwhelming. Yeah, you, you felt that too? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's just breaking these scenes when they come in the building. So think step by step by step by step, you know. Do you have enough trash cans? Are there enough people? Are there too many people? Do you have people in the right places? At turns, should be there a person here, not here? You know, I mean, you got to think about all these like different little things. Does that make any sense? You're like, you think about these things too many, too much. Maybe. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to go. Um, number five. Okay, merge function and feeling. What we do and how we feel are both important. It's, it goes like this. How many of you are task-driven people? You're like, get it done. How many of you are like, how I feel matters? Some, how many of you are like, eh, fair balance? Eh. Okay, good. Um, look, here's the thing. I deal with this all the time. Our parking team's like, we have to park cars. We have to put out cones Put on a vest. We have radios and, and lightsaber wands. We have things to do. Okay. Greeters. We have to door, bulletins, smile. You know, ushers. We have to, huh, huh, bucket. Okay. I mean, everybody, we all have things to do. I get it. But the guest doesn't care. They don't go home and go, man... They batted a thousand on their list of logistics. Again, they go home and they talk about how they felt, right? So, but we need both of those things. And both of them, we make them both happen, right? So when I, if I'm a parking person, I just approach both of them. I need to bring feeling and I need to bring the function. I need them both to happen, right? And some people go, well, I'm not really the feeling type. Well, get there. Because if not, you're not helpful. Because people will feel that about you. You know? And you're like, well, gosh, you're mean. I mean. I mean, you have to, you have to like incrementally get there. Because it does matter. You know? I've had some people say, I cannot get there. We've had to move some people around into other locations. (laughs) You would be perfect right there. (laughs) Not that this happens here, because this church is probably great, you know. But it happens, right? Again, so you have to bring function and feeling. You have to function and do the job super, super well. And you have to bring the feeling at the same time. And again, you know, you're not going to get it perfect. I don't get it perfect. You know, I've got 50 million things to do, right? I've got six campuses. There's staff. There's 35,000 people coming to church. There's 3,800 volunteers in guest services. There, you know, there's, there, and it has to go just so. But you know what? When we interact, I don't want you to feel any of that. I want you to go, is he busy? Does he actually have any work? People all the time go, do you work like one day a week? <laughs> do you know the number one question I get all the time? So like, do you, do you like volunteer all the time here? And I'm like, that is, <laughs> my wife goes, God, I just sometimes want to tell people No. He works all the time there. But I'm like, hey, that's intentional. I don't want people to feel any of that. I want them to feel exactly that. I don't want them to feel like it's busy. I want them to feel exactly that. That we're just hanging out. It's cool. And there's 10 million things going on, but they don't have one single clue. It's just them and me. And we're hanging out. But things still have to get done. You just got to, you know, you got to figure that whole thing out. Um, and the last phrase is this, as it relates to choosing hospitality over service. Service is doing, hospitality is the feeling. So, six, value the values. We definitely don't have time to do this. You just have to figure out what's important to you. Um, let me give you a snapshot of this. 
Uh, you can't see the whole sheet, but there are four things. So when you join guest services, um, we call you. So let's say, uh, tell me your name. What is it? All right, Jessica. Uh, so Jessica goes, hey, uh, Sunday morning, you're like, uh, I'm interested in guest services. Great, Jessica, so thankful. Okay, I follow up Jessica on a Monday. We call you. We do this with every single person. We're going to have about a 12-minute phone call. We're going to cover three things in the phone call. You sound, that sounds very like, you don't feel that, but we actually tell you that it benefits you because we know you're busy. So we've figured it, we've got it down. You're like, well, I didn't expect like somebody to call me. I figured I'd just go to a like big orientation because there's a lot of people. Great. We're starting to feel, we want you to feel from us the very thing that we want you to help a guest feel. So we're going to start it from the top. We're just not going to say that. So we're going to quietly do it for you. So we're going to go through expectations. So we're going to talk about we want you to show care. We want you to remain flexible. We want you to have fun. And we want you to deliver a wow. And then we're going to attach certain behaviors to each of those values. Those are the things that we expect every single person in guest services to do. So it's just, it's simply that. You join guest services based on these. We coach our team leaders and anybody in guest services based on these and... I'm not suggesting that Journey Church do this, so I'm not saying it, but we will let you go from guest services based on one or more of these. So if we've talked to you for a while, and you know, let's say you, you don't show up on time for team meetings, I'm a, there's a guy, Mike, I'm working with right now. I put my arm around Mike. Mike, what's up? I got relational equity with Mike. Mike's like, what do you mean, what's up? Uh, your team meeting started 12 minutes ago, and for the last seven weeks, you don't show up on time. What's up? <laughs> Jace, man, I just can't get here. Do you do this for your job? No? Okay. You get two more weeks. If you can't show up, then we're going to put you in another area of ministry to serve. Because you know what? You don't care. Your team doesn't feel that you care. And guess what? You have no idea how to take care of the guests today because we're doing three things. Andy's live at your campus today, and you're serving on his aisle. You have no idea what you're going to do for him today, did you? Do you know he's live today? No. Guess why? Because you're not there. So guess what? You're no longer serving on his aisle. We're going to put you in the back because we need somebody who's in the meeting to be there because you don't care. Please be at the team meeting. Cool? So... You know, I'm not suggesting that you do that. I'm just suggesting that we do that. You're like, God, you are mean. So anyways, you, 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 get, you, get, you get the idea. Um, this is what we do for team leaders. So it's kind of one step further. We give them, these are the only five things we expect our team leaders to do. Again, we value the values. This is what we expect you to do. And we won't go through all these, but... Again, we give you these in a cartoon type of uh, thing, and there are behaviors that are attached to these. This is a very abbreviated version um, of these. So there's that. Um, seven, eight, nine, and ten, and I'm going to do these in literally about six minutes. <laughs> uh, seven, recover quickly. Make it right fast. If you mess up, make it right as fast as possible. Um, I have to tell you a story. We totally messed up something so bad, and it was so humiliating. Um, so at our baptisms, we close the door. So as soon as we go from stage to baptism, we shut our doors to um, prevent distractions inside the auditorium. So naturally, what that means is anybody that comes in after the doors close, they wait outside and they watch it on the screen. That feels like, well, that doesn't feel good for the people out there. True. But it keeps the distractions down inside. And so it's, it's, a, it's a challenge. It's a tension. I feel the tension every day, and I've been there for years. One particular Sunday, I'm standing in the center of the lobby at one of our campuses, and, and you ever seen something happening, and you, you cannot respond fast enough? There's a lady that is holding probably a two-year-old, and she's walking to the door of our the auditorium, and they're already closed. And I see somebody you know, talking to her, and, and I see him shake his head. He's communicating to her, kind of. We don't talk about policies. We just talk about, hey, let's just have a conversation, you know. And I could see, like, she asks, please. I could see it on her face. 
And he's like, no. And I'm like, I, I just felt something was, it was different. So she turns around, a little mad, a little sad, and she goes and she sits down in the lobby. And then I'm like, okay, something, something's all right. So the person's like, hey, um, the, the, that lady getting baptized, uh, I'm like, yeah, who, who's that lady that was at the door? Like, That's her sister. I had a few thoughts going through my head at the moment. And I'm like, we just failed. So the team leader standing next to me and our team, our expectations, again, to keep personal feelings out, we always coach based on the expectations. And so pulling some of those, we had a conversation. And in the moment, she, she's like, that I made the wrong call. She, I didn't have to say anything. She was like, I made the wrong call. What was amazing is there was a guy to my left. His name's Andy Javely. He owns a, a state farm. Super guy. Never says a word to me. But he ru- runs, walks expeditiously out the building, goes to Starbucks, and then like three minutes later shows back up. And all, <laughs> next thing I know, he's sitting next to the woman. And I'm like, what is he doing? And I see him reach in his back pocket and he hands out and he hands his card to her. And she's like, I can see her like, you know, no, no, no. And he's like, no, no, please. So I'm like, I don't know what he's doing, but whatever. I trust him. He's an awesome guy. And I find out later he gave her a $50 Starbucks card. But what he said made all the difference in the world. This is what he said to her. He said, what we did today was absolutely unfair to you. We messed up. No questions about it. We should have opened that door, not only let you in, but walked you back to your seat so both you and your daughter could see your sister and her aunt get baptized. Then we messed up. So I want you to have this $50 gift card. And what I would love for you to do is for you to take your sister out for coffee and talk about her life and your life and her baptism and just just to share a sister conversation and I'm sorry and it's funny she wrote us later saying you owned it and we've had multiple conversations off of that gift card so thank you and so here it was that we messed up and literally in the span because we only had three minutes to make it right you Starbucks came back made it right conversation and doors were open we're in done you know, and so did it solve everything? No, but the best we could do, it made it right as fast as possible. So you just have to make it right, and um, we don't have time. I have some notes here. There's, there's actually this thing called the art and science of the hotel concierge that talks about how to make things right quick, but we don't have time tonight. So number eight, uh, re- reject just okay. So do the best you can all the time. I want to give you a couple reasons some people don't do the best that they can. One, sometimes we don't because it's where we don't think people won't see us. We can get away with it, right? I'll walk this way. I see trash on the floor, but I'm not going to pick it up because like, nobody else sees the trash. They won't see me walk by his own. I'm not going to pick it up. <laughs> like, pick it up. If you saw it, pick it up. If you see the chair not straight, straighten it. If you see the trash can that has the dent on it, spin it around because the guest may see it, right? Like all these little things, like we have to do the best we can all the time. Here's another, another reason. When something just has to get done, when you don't feel a burden for it, when it feels like the stakes are lower, and this one, when you just get lazy. And so we have to do the best we can all the time. So one of the things that um, I ask myself is, what's worth starting, stopping, and fixing? Because sometimes I have to ask myself in order to prevent, you know, not being the best. And number nine, uh, everything communicates. Good times. All right. It's cool. Everything communicates. The simplest of details speak. So as you think about this, think about the simplest of details speak, speaking. Um, think about 
what people see, the cleanliness of things, the placement of things, the smells. Um, I, I did a fun project the, the other year, and I'm not suggesting this, but just um, we were doing this, we had this massive screen, and I found out we were going to have a tree on the screen, and I found out kind of what tree it was, and I have a friend who makes a sense. And so I pumped the scent into our auditorium to match the tree so that when people sat there, they didn't realize it, but when they saw the tree, they were smelling the tree at the same time. And, but they weren't going, y'all smell that tree? It just was like, I, I see it. Am I? I'm almost just so subtle, Right? Because scent is one of the greatest triggers for memory. And so, like, what could we do? I remember one time I worked at a church and we had communion. And so I was able to pump in the scent of bread. You know, so it's like, you know, what can we do visually? And so just trying to tap into um, the senses. Um, I I, I jotted this down. Intentionality can be inconvenient, but very influential. Intentionality can be inconvenient. It can... Oh, you got to go the extra step. That's a lot of work. True, but it can be influential in the life of a guest. And then the last thing is this. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work. Uh, borrow this from John Maxwell. It takes us all to do it all. Look, the work you do is important. Again, you make or break an experience. I mean, you are... We, we, have, this, we have this phrase that we use uh, in, our, in our churches that let's, let's show people how much God loves them by showing, showing them that by how well we serve them. So, but to do that, like, we have to do that, you know? So we have to team up together. And... That comes down to making sure that you are in the right role for the right reason at the right time, you know, that you're consistent, that you're loving what you do, you know, that you're supportive of your team or maybe there's another role to explore or maybe there's more to do or I don't know what it is. But man, when teams are together and they're working and they're jiving and they're gelling and it's happening... Don't think guests don't see that and feel that. I mean, we see it in our jobs, right? How many of you have ever been on a team and you, or saw a team and it wasn't that, right? How many of you have seen the team and it was that and maybe you weren't on a team and you're like, I'd love to be on that team, right? Because this is, it stands out. Well, shouldn't like, we demonstrate that at the church. Last story, and I'm, I'm done. Years ago, one of our campus pastors had a lunch with then president of Ritz-Carlton. I was interviewing him about customer service. This was fascinating. I said, hey, tell me about customer service. Had these, you know, list of questions. And he interrupted him, and he said, you know what I find fascinating about this interview? That was an informal interview. And he said, what's that? And he said that you, a pastor, sitting down with me, a president of a hotel group, asking me about hospitality and customer service. When I, as a president of a hotel group, should ask you, as a pastor, when you model everything you do after the greatest servant of all, I should be interviewing you. Why do churches try to mirror companies when companies should try to mirror churches? And that came from somebody in corporate America. And I think, what if guests drove on this church's property and said, there is something very different about the place. They may not even know what it is, but it's the way they feel cared for Starts in the parking lot, it's at the door, it's the way people walk them from here to there. So you anticipate the need, you figured out the question behind the question, 
It's a cultural thing. Everybody's part of it. It's a feeling when they walk out. They don't even know what to say. Except. We've got to go back there. Because going back to the game we played at the beginning. You play a part. And you play a part. And you play a part. And when we link the whole thing together. It tells a story. And wouldn't it be great for the story. And I'm not going to show the video but wouldn't it be great to for the story to be told to them that you know what this is the place that our family should come back to and stay and many times our churches our six campuses people have told us andy's great the music's great but we came back because how people cared for us long before we ever saw him Ken's great. Music's great. But people may decide to come back long before they ever see that because of the way they feel cared for. Does that make any sense? Yeah? Anything you want to add? Questions, comments, arguments, complaints? Anything? I know we went over, so thank you for, for being patient. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not minimizing that, by the way. Yeah. All right, I'm going to turn it back over to uh, Bishop Ken Sermons. All right, um, if you're a team leader, we've recorded this, and so help me encourage the people on your team that weren't here to find some time over the next week or two and, and listen to this. So I'm going to send this out to the group, the team leaders, and if you would, send it to your team, say, hey, we had a great night, it was awesome, learned a lot, you should listen to this and uh, hear what we heard uh, at our volunteer celebration the other night. Um, if you're not on the intersection, I need you to get there. Uh, that's where we communicate everything. That's where we do scheduling. If you have questions about that, rather than go through that now, just see me afterwards. We'll make sure you got your profile right and you're getting the calendar request and the assignments and that sort of thing. Grab a cupcake on the way out, another drink. Thank you for being here. Week two of Emoji is this Sunday. It is not Smiley Pala Poop this Sunday. <laughs> But that's coming. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll see you. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Told you. You don't trust.
Broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. All those people going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah Busy street, see a girl in our eyes meet. Does her best to smile at me, to hide what's underneath. There's a man just to right, black suit and a bright red tie. Too ashamed to tell his wife he's out of work, he's buying time. All those people going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah Yeah Yeah
God who gave 